Good day, everyone. Welcome to your self-help quest. I am your host, Joshua Melissus, and joining me today is Kat Mozingo, who is the president of NAMI at the Missouri State University campus. Uh, Kat, thank you for being here. Of course. Glad to be here. <laughs> so uh, you're the president of NAMI, and I'm wondering, like, so what is like just for our audience, like what is NAMI and what are the goals of, of your organization? So NAMI stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. It's actually a national organization. So there's actually a Hope Center located in Springfield, Missouri that people can go to for resources. Um, and NAMI on campus is actually kind of a part of that. Um, and it's the only mental health club on campus. So rather than learning about professional careers in like mental health, it's more of like topics and presenters coming in uh, talking about the different topics of mental health. So yeah, that's just a little bit of what NAMI is. And there's like other locations, right? Um, Yes, so NAMI on campus is just a group um, and it's just like an extended version of NAMI. Um, We bring different professionals from uh, actual NAMI in to talk about um, things like tell your story, um, the different resources that NAMI provides, Um, in Springfield, Missouri at the Hope Center. The Hope Center is actually like a location where people can um, get food, like they have a food pantry. They also have mental health resources like um, group therapy. They have a crisis line and they have like all those different resources that someone who doesn't have like insurance or anything, like it's it's free, so yeah, yes, definitely. Um, when do you meet and what, what, what type of, of events do you do? So we meet every other Monday at 7 p.m. Um, we have all different types of topics revolving around mental health. Um, our next meeting is about criminal profiling, which is what I want to get into after college. Uh, so it's just kind of those different like topics. Um, we, we try to take the topics that people want to you know, know or um, be educated on. Um, but we do like some basic topics, like the first meetings we have is like mental health 101. And just we also do um, implicit bias training. So that's a requirement that we have um, just because, you know, everyone has mental illness. I mean, not mental illness, mental health, like everyone suffers from that. And um, and it, it's just not one person. And in order to know that you have to be trained in implicit bias or something like diversity training. Um, we think that's very important in our group, and I think NAMI thinks that's very important as a national organization, too. And another requirement that we have is actually volunteering. So we are required to do three hours of volunteering. Um, we want to do, you know, volunteering at NAMI, but we want our group to get out into the community because not everyone is from Springfield at MSU. So we want we want them to be able to get out into the community, know Springfield, and just help the people that are, you know, going through a tough time as well. So yeah. I guess just getting a little personal, but like mm-hmm. do you have like mental health issues and if so, what are they? So yes, ever since I was little I've always had, you know, mental health problems, mental illness. Um, ever since I was younger, they told me I had bipolar. Um, I didn't really know what that meant. You know, my mom would tell me that I have bipolar because she also had bipolar. It kind of progressed into my, you know, middle school, high school. High school is when it really got bad. Like I noticed, oh, I really do have bipolar. Like, and I just still didn't know what it meant um, until I went to a therapist and like sophomore year of high school. Um, So I was like 16, 17. And I didn't really discover, oh, I had mental illness until that time. Like, I was really suffering um, with my negative thoughts. Like, I was very insecure. I was a very insecure person. Like, 
and I just I during high school like my freshman year I went through a really bad like breakup and that kind of turned into you know those negative thoughts negative perception on life like I really just wanted to die I cut myself like I did all those destructive behaviors and I never really seeked help until I reached out to my mom and she got me into therapy and then I started taking antidepressants um it's funny because the first antidepressant that I actually took it made me have more anxiety, made me have more maladaptive thoughts and behaviors, and it was it was not great. And so we switched to another medication, and I've been on that since, and it's been pretty good. So throughout the years, I've been doing really, really better. Like I've been going to therapy, just doing all those all those things that you know help you with that. Because mental illness, you know, there's no cure for it. There's no cure, so you're just gonna have to you know, go day by day with that. But that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't realize. Like, they, they want that cure. They want to get over this um, negative period in their life. But it's all about, like, growing from that and growing and knowing that you have that and it's okay and it's normal because so many people have mental illness and you just you just have to take it day by day. Yeah. So. And, like, with the medication part, because I've heard that that's like a common occurrence. Like you have to find like the medication that, that suits you. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like with like antidepressants, because I've heard that like when you first take it, you kind of like more depressed, like for the first few weeks. Yes. So actually the doctors tell you that, you know, it's not, it's not a quick fix. It's going to take a month or two to actually kick in to actually help you. And I didn't really see any changes the first year that I kind of took it I think I was just kind of in that in that like um, rock bottom state to be honest because you know I wanted help but I also didn't I feel like whenever I was in that time period like I just I I craved that negative that negative feeling I wanted to always be sad because it was something that I was used to and something that I could always resort to because I just felt like being happy being cheerful just wasn't just wasn't what I wanted to be. And it was it's weird because like I was always mad, I was always depressed. I I just wanted to stay in that state because it was something I was used to, like I just said. But um yeah, like the antidepressants, I just feel it does it doesn't kick in until a while and I feel like a lot of people lose hope and just scratch it because after two weeks because they don't see any change. And something that I would like to comment on for that is antidepressants aren't just going to be the only like they can't just be the only resort you have to you have to do things for your mental health you need to you know go on a walk um drink some coffee do do things that make you feel good and make you make your mental health better but also i recommend definitely going to therapy with medication because research i've been in a few psych classes already so research has shown you know um the combination between therapy and anti- antidepressants works better than just one or the other. I guess, like, how often, do, like, do you experience, like, these issues? Like, is it, like, a daily basis or...? Um, it really depends. Like I said, mental illness is just, it's all over the place. Like, you, one day you could be totally fine. Next day you're, you're down, you're rock bottom. And I think that's the interesting part about it. It's like, you could have an amazing day, the best day ever. Next day it's worst day ever I that's how it goes for me like and my my breakdowns is what I call them like they happen so quickly it's kind of hard to like see them coming and 
I feel like that's part of bipolar too because you know you're you're constantly you're in a manic state for a while and then you go to depression you know so it's kind of it's kind of hard to manage that but throughout the years I've really like I said I've evaluated my behavior I understand what triggers me and what doesn't and I understand that not everything is meant to hurt me and I think that's that's really what I had to implant my brain like not everything is out to get you and that was the biggest part and also my insecurity and stuff and it's just off and on. It's it's weird. I feel like that's that's how it is for a lot of people, but who knows? Yeah. That's just that's just how it is for me. <laughs> what do you do like if the coping mecha- coping mechanisms don't help? I cry. <laughs> Same. I think I think you know coping mechanisms are very good to a certain extent, but sometimes just let it all out. Let all that anger. Let all those emotions out. It. People, people really hold, I being guilty of that, like I really hold in my emotions until, you know, one day it's just like I need to get it all out. I, I think people do that just because they just, they don't want that feeling. And I get that because that feeling of breaking down is the worst feeling ever. And it's hard to keep your composure too whenever you're holding all that in. Letting it out after that, it just feels so good because you feel like you've expelled all the negative stuff, at least for that day, (laughs) you know. But, um, yeah, I think think crying it out, letting it all go. So what does, like, an average self-care day look like for you? I'd say, you know, I'd wake up probably around, like, 11 or 12, you know, sleep in a little bit do my skincare stuff, eat a really good breakfast. I usually eat, like, a bagel with cream cheese and stuff and, like, grapes. Just, like, a really good, like, not hefty breakfast, but a good good amount. And then probably, you know, put on a really good outfit because I love style. I love, like, my style and everything. I love wearing all black. I love, I love self-expression. That's a big thing for me. So put on a really good outfit, look good, take a few pictures because I, I love to do a little photo shoot. Um, and then just go out for the day, like have plans, even if it's just by myself. Like I really love doing things by myself. I think that's something that a lot of people are scared to do, but once you do it and you keep on doing it, it's just like so easy and so fun. Like you don't have to look after anyone. You don't have to keep a conversation with anyone. Enjoying nature is like a really good day for me because although I love to be a vampire and stay in all day, in the dark. Um, I love the sun and going out and just just seeing like nature and everything. And yeah, that'd yeah. be a, that's a really good self-care day. <laughs> so I guess what do you think is like the next step you need to accomplish like in your personal evolution? I think the next step would be kind of figuring out like kind of the one thing that I really I'm trying to fix myself on is like my insecurity and I think for anyone that is so hard to do because I've always been an insecure person I think just the things that I've done like and the things that have happened to me growing up like it's always been just like it's my body that I'm insecure about and I feel like a lot of people can relate with that because of social media and the the body image that you know women are supposed to have especially women um, but also men too because that it's a big it's a big part of everyone I feel like body image um, especially in America <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I think that's my next step, you know, really resolving and healing from kind of like the past issues that I've had with my insecurity about my body and just that because I feel like I'm, I'm kind of in this kind of zone where I feel like I, I need to get to that next step in order to feel fully healed. Of course, I'm never going to be fully healed, but, you know, just fully healed, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of my next step. So, like, one of the things that I personally struggle with is self-love. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's, and it's especially, like, hard after, like, making, like, a lot of mistakes, you know? Yes. And, uh, like, how do you, like, learn to love yourself, like, after, like, doing all these, like, mistakes and, like, moving on? So, from a really young age, I... I never really grasped the concept of loving myself and I think I put that insecurity into relationships at a young age and that turned out really bad because you know I never took the time for myself to love myself because I was constantly you know in high school like you're constantly wanting to do things that other people are doing for that attention that they're getting and I feel like I was constantly chasing after things that I really wasn't like I wasn't like that wasn't me and um and doing things that were popular and just, I didn't really know what I was. And of course, you're not gonna know who you are in high school, but I was just constantly chasing the wrong things and also chasing, you know, boys and relationships and putting myself into those relationships. And I feel like I was very a very controlling person because of uh, my insecurities and, you know, wanting to be that girl that everyone was like oh my gosh like you're so (laughs) you're so gorgeous and everything and and all the boys wanting me and I feel like a lot of people go through that where they put themselves in relationships in order to be fulfilled in order to love themselves but it's kind of it's kind of opposite than that you know you have to really take time for yourself understand yourself know what you love about yourself and if you don't love those things about yourself start you know doing things like looking at yourself and being like oh you look like affirmations in the mirror you you say i am powerful i am loved like i am beautiful i i think it's silly at first but once you start doing it you start noticing things about yourself that you actually do like you know and that you haven't noticed before that are actually beautiful and leading up to, you know, being, having that self-love for you. You may not fully love yourself. You may not fully be confident, but it's those little things that matter. And I kind of want to go back to like the relationship part because I feel like everything is so centered around love with other people and not self-love. And people, so many women and so many men like make mistakes about like going into relationships when they're not, when they're so insecure and they ca- they don't know it because you know they're seeking that love of other people for that validation and they don't know they're doing it which you know I did that before too and it turned out to be you know really toxic relationship and it's just I, I feel like people have to go through that in order to realize oh I need to love myself People constantly say, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't do this. If I didn't go through that relationship, I would not be as confident as I am today. I wouldn't be as mindful as I am today. I just wouldn't have the mindset I have. And I'm thankful for that toxic relationship, which sounds so weird because I, I am the person beca- I am the person today because of that relationship. And it was hard. It was hard to get over, really hard. You know, it was the hardest time in my life, but 
I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for the obstacles that I've gone through in order to be who I am today. So I guess we should like talk about the big elephant in the room, like which is uh, like COVID nineteen mm-hmm. pandemic. Uh, like, how do you think COVID has affected depression numbers? It's definitely affected a lot of things. You know, self isolation, especially when people you know have had these connections with people, constantly seeing people, and then they had to completely self isolate. And I know a lot of, you know, extroverted people were so timid and so, like, angry about that. And it caused a lot of, like, mental health problems. And also, another thing is, like, that self-isolation help, like, makes you go through those thoughts constantly in that state. Like, you're you're just alone and self-isolating and you're constantly with your thoughts. I feel like it also helped a lot of people in ways because they actually realized, oh, I have these thoughts, like, what do they mean? And also social media, I feel like helped and didn't at the same time because, you know, there's all these like education things, especially TikTok when it was really big during the pandemic. Like I, I learned a lot of stuff from there, especially like mental health stuff. And there was just a lot of education and different resources for people that I felt like really improved people. But at the same time, you know, that self isolation definitely like hurt a lot of people. My mom actually passed away this summer due to COVID. So it's been it's been really hard and I can't imagine, you know, still having to self-isolate and not being able to go to the hospital when your loved one died. Because, you know, a year ago, if she, well, this is kind of rude, but if a year ago, if she passed away, you know, like I wouldn't have been able to go to the hospital, but I was lucky this past summer, you know, because I was able to go up there and see her before she passed away. So I'm really thankful for that, but it, especially if your loved ones died or any, anyone close to you died because of COVID, like that is the, that is so like upsetting and terrible. And I can't imagine like, death is such a weird concept and such a weird thing to think about. And for me, I know it makes me like spiral because I'm like, you know, where do they go? Like what, what is death? Like afterlife and everything like that. Like it's just, it's a crazy concept. And it's 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 sad and that's definitely affected a lot of you know people's especially depression and anxiety and um and i feel like you know if you're if you're self-isolating after your loved one passed away you're constantly thinking about that you're constantly going through the motions thinking about what happened you're not distracting yourself and it's hard to especially when you're self-isolating like what are you going to do in the house like i mean you could binge watch netflix but you know those thoughts are still going to come up and I feel like that's it's an important aspect to be able to go out and connect with other people because it's kind of like a healing thing you know like making plans going out you know coping mechanisms so how do we combat the stigma against mental health that is a big question (laughs) um I feel like people People have these certain, you know, stereotypes and everything about what mental illness should be and what it should look like. But in reality, like everyone suffers from mental illness, whether you I mean, maybe 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 a few people out there are really, you know, really doing well. (laughs) But um, mental health, you know, affects every person, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, anything. And it's hard to. It's hard to grasp that concept because you're constantly you're constantly seeing like things on social media that are like, 
oh, well, if you have crazy thoughts and all that kind of stuff. And I also think our healthcare system is just portraying mental illness in a way that's very deceiving because I was in a um, program called GoCaps. Um, it's called Greater Ozarks Centers for Advanced Professional Studies. And I was in the medicine healthcare strand. So during high school, half the day we would go to like Mercy or Cox in Springfield, and um, we'd job shadow. We'd learn about the different fields um, in the medicine and healthcare field. We'd um, listen to guest speakers and everything like that. And um, and I visited, you know, the psychiatric units, the adult psychiatric unit at Cox North, and then the Marion Center, which is another psychiatric unit at Mercy. And I feel like the people that worked there, like they weren't. I guess they just worked there for a long time, so they were probably used to it. But the way they kind of treated the people that, you know, were coming in there, it was kind of like it's kind of like the stigma that you see with everyone. You know, you see some um, dude downtown, you know, like probably suffers from mental illness and is, you know, homeless and people judge that person. But those those things kind of go hand in hand, you know, addiction, um, mental illness, you know, homelessness. That's a big problem here in Springfield. Big, big problem. And. You know, people people are quick to judge and quick to say, oh, well, if you didn't do this, you wouldn't be homeless. That is not the case at all. Because if if those resources were open for those people, I bet, you know, more than, more than half would go and use those resources. But, you know, there's insurance involved, there's money involved, and not everyone here has money. And I, I don't know, it's just, it's really hard to even, like, categorize the stigma of mental illness. Um, but also one thing that actually happened to me whenever I was kind of seeking help in like, you know, my mental illness and everything, like I really wanted to know what what is wrong with me, you know. Um, so I went to the doctor and my doctor, he was like, I, I explained what was going on. I was like, you know, I'm kind of having these negative thoughts. I feel like I have, you know, bipolar or, or um, borderline personality disorder because I've been I. I, in my psych classes, like, I'm, like, you know, looking out for those things that I can kind of correlate with that I do, you know, not self-diagnosing, don't self-diagnose, that's bad, <laughs> but, um, you know, kind of realizing, oh, I do this, oh, I do that, so I went to my doctor, and I was, like, you know, blah, 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 like, I feel like I have this, and he's, like, oh, well, do you have any crazy thoughts, are you, are you having crazy thoughts or anything, crazy, and I'm, like, why would you say it's crazy? That is just deterring people from actually wanting to get help and seeking help. And I feel like that's, that's crazy because the physicians and the professionals that you go to to seek help or to get a referral for help, they, they kind of like backtrack you and say and make you think that you're crazy. And like, I don't know why he chose those words because you're a whole doctor. Like, why would you, why would you choose those words? But I don't, I don't know. Like, if I was another person that didn't, that didn't know what was going on, like, didn't, didn't fully, like, understand myself and was kind of going through a really, really rough period, I would have been, like, back, I would have backed away. I would have been, like, oh, never mind, like, I'm crazy, like, I'm, I'm not normal, like, I shouldn't be, shouldn't be here, whatever, like that, like, that's, it's crazy to me because if, if I wasn't, you know, okay, how would that make a non-okay person, you know? How would it make them feel? So I think, I think there's a huge stigma in the mental health field. Um, 
I just know a few people that, you know, were wanting to become nurses, wanting to become doctors, surgeons, and they kind of make fun of people that, you know, have mental illness and show those signs of things, like, and non-accepting. If you're working in the mental health field, you're constantly interacting with people, constantly. And it's kind of crazy because I'm like, you're you're in a field that you're you're connecting with people. You have to treat them correctly. You're trying to find out what's wrong with them, what's wrong with them, you know. Um, and mental health is a big aspect of that field, especially, honestly, in any field. It's a big aspect. And I feel like a lot of professionals leave that out, leave out the training for that. I feel like it's been getting a little bit better, but people don't pay attention, nor do they care. And it's kind of, it's crazy to me. It's, it's really crazy. But I guess there's also, goes hand in hand with that, like people's personality styles. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. Just the stigma, the stigma around mental health. Um, what would you tell students who are struggling at the moment? <sighs> it's, it's hard to, it's really hard to get through things. Um, but I think being patient, knowing that things will blow over, even though it does not feel like it. Like, I know, you know, things will come and go, but I think that's, th that's the thing that people need to kind of heal with and understand that things are not always going to be consistent. Things are not always going to, uh, like, be negative, but also, you know, take it day by day. I constantly think about the future and constantly think about, you know, my next step and organizing the week. But also, it's important to realize that, you know, not everything is going to go your way. And I used to always be so upset whenever things, like, did not go my way and things weren't on schedule. But I think, I think that's something that a lot of people need to grasp and heal with, that life is just ever-changing, you know, and we're constantly going through motions and things like that. And it's okay to be upset when things are not going your way, but realizing that's part of life. And being able to overcome the things you're going through is so strong and so it's so crazy to me that how people can get out of those things and and survive you know because whenever I was in that those positions like I I feel like I can't survive I can't I can't go on in life but there's something about the beauty of overcoming overcoming those things and just like I said self-love understanding yourself and disregarding anyone else that, you know, puts you, puts you down for the things, the way you're acting. I feel like, I feel like people act so shitty all the time, but in order to understand why they're acting shitty, you need to realize they're probably going through shit. They're probably going through so many things and they really need to sit down and evaluate what's going on with their, themselves. So that's why I kind of like, perceive people you know positively and understand oh they they're having a really bad day and it's probably going to blow over they just need to understand what's going on within themselves before we leave i want to ask you two last questions that i mm -hmm. ask everyone so what is something that has brought you immense joy today i would have to say putting on this outfit feeling good and confident and the, just the weather and coming here i love talking about you know stuff and i love communicating with people and interacting in new ways so what is something that you need to work on like i said earlier my insecurity you know um i feel like that's what a lot of people struggle with but something i really need to work on yeah same yeah <laughs>
It's hard. It's hard. And it's going to take a while. But, you know, small steps. Yeah. It's a struggle. Like, especially, like, in classes. Even in Zoom classes, I have those insecurities. Mm -hmm. So, it's just hard to, like, presence. Like, that's, like, the right word. Like, trying to make my mark, I guess, like, in the classroom, you know. Because for the most part, I just kind of, like... Uh, kind of, kind of just like shut out, you know, and like sit like, in the background and stuff like that. Well, yeah, and just like, just like not talking or like contrib- contributing to yeah. discussions. I think that has to go hand in hand with kind of understanding yourself. Like I've said this whole time, like in order to know, in order to be portrayed as you know, like, um, like interactive and like outgoing and everything like that. You kind of need to figure out what you love about yourself, how you can contribute to those things, how you can be better. Um, kind of self-expression, too, because self-expression has helped me a lot. Although I am insecure, people portray me as being very confident. And it's weird because I'm like, well, I'm not really confident, but, you know, portraying and kind of have to act it out. You know, in order to actually become that, you kind of need to act it, you know. Like, like I said earlier with affirmations, like it sounds silly to say, oh, I am beautiful, I am powerful. But when you constantly say that, you're going to start believing it. So that's yeah. a big part of it. And that's like what I've been kind of doing with uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes. Just like replacing those negative thoughts with positive ones. Yes. It's hard, but yeah. you can do it. So. Well, uh, thank you so much for being here. Of course. And everyone, make sure to support NAMI. Yes. And uh, thank you so much for watching and listening. For more content, please check out your self-help quest on Spotify and Apple. And I hope you all have a very beautiful day. And make sure to take care of yourselves or I will be sad. (laughs) Peace.